Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories to Shishi Guru and Gauranga. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Bhagavate Vasudevaya So today we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 1, entitled The Genealogical Table of the Daughters of Manu. And today we're going to read from text 9 all the way to 14. So I'll just read the English, well, do the Sanskrit and the English to texts 9. And then there's a very brief purport on text 12. And then we'll go to text 14. Priyavratota napado manu putra maho jaso tat putra pautra naptrinam anuvritam tarantaram. Swayambhuva Manu's two sons, Priyavrata and Utanapad, became very powerful kings, and their sons and grandsons spread all over the three worlds during that period. Text 10. Devahute madatata kardamayat majamanu tat sambandhi suta prayam bhavata gadato mama. My dear son, Swayambhuva Manu handed over his very dear daughter Devahuti to Kardamamuni. I have already spoken to you about them, and you have heard about them almost in full. Text 11. Dakshaya Brahmaputra ya prasutim bhagavan manu prayachadyat krita sargas trilokyam vitato maham. Swayambhuva Manu handed over his daughter Prasuti to the son of Brahma named Daksha, who was also one of the progenitors of the living entities. The descendants of Daksha are spread throughout the three worlds. Text 12. Ya Kardama Sutta Prokta Navabramarshi Patnayaha Tasam Prasuti Prasavam Prochyamanam Nabodame. You have already been informed about the nine daughters of Kardamamuni who were handed over to nine different sages. I shall now describe the descendants of those nine daughters. Please hear from me. Purport. The third canto is already has already described how Kardamamuni begot nine daughters in Devahuti and how all the daughters were later handed over to great sages like Marichi, Atri, and Vasishta. Text 13. Patni Mariches Tukala Sushuve Kardamat Maja Kashyapam Purnima Namcha Yayor Apuritam Jagat Kardamamuni's daughter Kala, who is married to Marichi, gave birth to two children whose names were Kashyapa and Purnima. Their descendants are spread all over the world. And finally, to today's text, text 14. Purnama Sutta Virajam Vishvagam Chaparantapa Devakulyam Hare Pada Sochadya Bhut Sariddivaha Purnima Sutta Virajam Vishvagam Chaparantapa Devakulyam Hare Pada Sochadya Bhut Sariddivaha Purnima Sutta Virajam Vishvagam Chaparantapa Devakulyam Hare Pada Sochadya Bhut Sariddivaha
Vaishnavis? Or anyone else? <laughs> Purnima. Purnima. Asuta. Bigat. Virajam. A son named Viraja. Vishvagam. Cha. And named Vishvaga. Param, param tapa, o annihilator of enemies. Devakulya, a daughter named Devakulya. Hare, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Padasocha, by the water which washed his lotus feet. Ya, yeah, she, Abhut, became Saritdivaha, the transcendental water within the banks of the Ganges. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, my dear Vidura, of the two sons, Kashyapa and Purnima, Purnima begat three children, namely Viraja, Vishvaga, and Devakulya. Of these three, Devakulya was the water which washed the lotus feet of the Personality of Godhead and which later on transformed into the Ganges of the heavenly planets. Purport. Of the two sons, Kashyapa and Purnima, herein Purnima's descendants are described. An elaborate description of these descendants will be given in the sixth canto. It is also understood herein that Devakulya is the presiding deity of the river Ganges, which comes down from the heavenly planets to this planet and is accepted, and is accepted to be sanctified because it touched the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari. Shilaprabhad ki Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shadakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manopishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutadai Svayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Banchakalpa Trubhyascha Kripasindubhyevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasari Gaura Bhaktarinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So I first asked the, for the blessings of the assembled Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis, those online all the Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis to dive into our Gaudiya Vaishnav Siddhanta and be able to speak properly on them. And today we'll dive into some really nectarian topics. So I pray I can serve all of you properly. So going over the genealogical table of the daughters of Manu and meditating and reflecting and the nine daughters of Kardamamuni, Devahuti, going into descriptions <clears throat> of Kardamamuni's different daughters being married to different great rishis, and then finally getting to Devakulya today in this text, who is none other than the river Ganges, as meditating and reflecting on how in a lot of Niti Shastra law books or, you know, books that give good advice for Vedic conception, there's always a stress on sons. You need a good son, and if you don't have a good son, then he's going to ruin the family. And how also daughters are also very important to be then married to those good sons. So here we're going to hear about all these great sages, Kardamamuni, Kashyaparishi, Saptarishis, so many great, powerful rishis, 
And they're going to be married to daughters who are trained up. They're good daughters who are going to then produce more offspring that will encourage the world to take up dharma, religious activities. So Sarvatma Prabhu was speaking last week about good progeny and how it's important. Srila Prabhupada touches on this point over and over again, good progeny versus Varna Sankara, right? Unwanted progeny creates disturbance, disturbance within society. And so it's also important to create good daughters as well as good sons. And it hits obviously home with me having a daughter. And, you know, Gori's last birthday, I posted something and one senior Prabhupada disciple, he asked me, oh, what is your, uh, what is your plan to raise your daughter in a Krishna conscious way? You know, there's so much pressure from society and so many things going on that as a father you have to protect your daughter in this world. And so it got me thinking and I was writing down different things, responding different aspects. And for anybody in this world who's a parent, it's very difficult to raise children in this day and age. But by the grace of Srila Prabhupada and by planning, one can produce proper children to further on Krishna consciousness. Just as we're going to read on how these personalities bring forth such dharma, Samipra speaking yesterday on how the universe is so managed. And so also it's the duty of those in Krishna consciousness who are going to be parents to try and deliver their children, raise them in Krishna consciousness. And then it got me thinking of how yesterday was such, such an amazing, auspicious day, Pandavanir Jalakadasi, but it was also the disappearance day of Srila Baladeva Vidyabhushana, but also the appearance of Ganga Mata Goswamini, and it was Ganga Puja. And today we have a verse on Ganga, on Ganges, Devakulya. And how important it is for us to really, as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, learn our history, learn about the Acharyas. And there's so many daughters, right? We're going to hear about so many daughters. There's so many daughters that were Vaishnavi Acharyas in our line. So in hearing about the, you know, the, uh, actually observing the Avir Bhav Mahotsava, the is the appearance and disappearance days of these great acharyas, we can dive into their glories. And by diving into their glories, then it helps us connect to that which is eternal. It helps us connect to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, learn how Bhakti Devi is actually practiced. What is Bhakti? And so first, I'd like to dive into the very auspicious pastimes of Srimati Ganga Mata Goswamini, who is a great Vaishnavi Acharya. Just like we're hearing about daughters born of great personalities and kings, Ganga Mata Goswamini was born from a king in Bangladesh. And her name was Sachi Devi when she was a young girl. And Sachi Devi from the age of five, she was immediately attracted to Krishna, immediately attracted to hearing and chanting about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And she would play with dolls of Radha and Krishna. She would engage in devotional service from a very young age. And when it came time for marriage, right, which is the main duty of the daughter, get married to a personality, she immediately told her father, don't worry, my marriage is already arranged. I'm going to go to Vrindavan <laughs> and take full shelter of Krishna. So please don't arrange a marriage for me. And her parents were very worried that she would do something very drastic. But not only was she extremely beautiful, she was extremely learned. She already knew Sanskrit, deep Bengali. She was able to dive into Srimad Bhagavatam, 
Sri Chaitanya Bhagavad at that time. And so she came of age where she left home. She was going to walk thousands of miles to Vrindavan. But her father said, no, I'll give you a carriage. You can go. You'll have a very nice arrangement to get to Vrindavan. So she got to Vrindavan. And she would immediately went to Vamsivat in different places, hugging trees in Vrindavan, going, where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? Pleading out. And at that time, at the Govindadev Mandir, the main pujari of Radha Govinda, who is mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita, he actually instructed Srila Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami to write Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Our Chaitanya Charitamrita scholars, who is that great personality worshipping Radha Govinda? Haridas Pandit. So Haridas Pandit was a disciple of Anantacharya, who was a disciple of Srila Gadadhar Pandit. And Srila Haridas Pandit, he was such a personality, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita explains that every night he would sit and he would recite Sri Chaitanya Bhagavan. And all the Vaishnavas in Vrindavan used to come and hear from Srila Haridas Pandit about Sri Chaitanya Bhagavan. And it stated, Krishnadas Gaviraj Goswami states that all 50 qualities of Krishna were fully manifest in Haridas Pandit. He was such an amazing personality. And Srila Prabhupada specifically states that he was Adosha Darshi. Adosha Darshi meaning that he only saw faults in himself, he never saw faults in others. So, this great personality, Haridas Pandit, Sachi Devi, she was immediately attracted to this personality. And she begged him for diksha, for initiation. So, Haridas Pandit, he was hesitant to initiate this daughter of a king, right? When you're born in a kingly family, you have such opulence, you have such riches, especially back then. I mean, what to speak of now, everybody's living mostly comfortable in America. But back then, to be a king, you had such opulence. And so Haridas Pandit thought, how is she going to take up Vaishnava culture, really, in Vrindavan? But Sachi Devi, she showed, she started living off of Madhukari, right? like a bumblebee, just getting little bits of food. She started chanting a hundred thousand names of Krishna, uh, I'm sorry, three hundred thousand names of Krishna every day. She started doing intense austerities and penances. Haridas Pandit could see that she's very sincere. So he initiated Sachi Devi into the line of Srila Gadadhar Pandit taught her how to perform bhajan. And Sachi Devi lived in Vrindavan for many years. And Srila Haridas Pandit, he said, now you should take shelter of your aunt, who's also your god sister. She lives at Radhakund. Go to Radhakund and immerse yourself in bhajan. Immerse yourself in bhakti. Immerse yourself in devotional service. And so Sachi Devi went there and with her aunt, uh, who was named Lakshmi Priya, they engaged in intense bhajan on the banks of Radhakund for years and years and years. And seeing the progress of Sachi Devi and Lakshmi Priya, she's so advanced, she's doing bhajan at Radhakund. What does her Guru Dev say? You're so advanced now, you should go to Jagannath Puri. So just, just see, we are always reading how Radha Kund, it's so special, so great, non-different than Srimati Radhika herself. And so many great personalities take shelter of Radha Kund. But Haridas Pandit saying, now that you're so advanced, you should go to Jagannath Puri. What should you do at Jagannath Puri? You should actually go to the home of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, build a hut there, and you should establish a great temple there, establish a mat. So, just as Srila Sanatana Goswami walked from Vrindavan to Jagannath Puri, Sachi Devi followed the same path as Srila Sanatana Goswami, walking all the way <laughs> to Jagannath Puri. So, she got to Jagannath Puri, 
And daily she would give lectures on Srimad Bhagavatam. And so many people were feeling her devotion that they would come every day and hear and hear. And crowds kept increasing and increasing, hearing her speak on Srimad Bhagavatam. So much so that the king of Orissa, Mukundadev, he actually started daily coming to the Srimad Bhagavatam class of Ganga Mata Goswamini, Sachi Devi. And Jagannath Dev, Lord Jagannath, he came into the dream of Mukundadev and said, There's a small place called Sweta Ganga. There's a whole history in Jagannath Puri about a king doing penances, and Ganga Devi actually manifested in this place called Sweta Ganga, and it's white. So it's this white Sweta Ganga. And it's a representation or fully manifested manifestation of Ganga Devi in Jagannath Puri. And Mukundadev was instructed to give that piece of land to Sachi Devi. And there's a very special time when everybody on Ganga Puja, they go and they bathe in the Ganga. But Sachi Devi had taken Kshetra Sanyas. Kshetra Sanyas is where you pick a specific pilgrimage place and you vow, I'm never going to leave here. So she vowed that she would never leave Jagannath Puri. She would always stay in Jagannath Puri. She's not going to travel anywhere else. But now is the time to go bathe in Ganga. What was she to do? She was burning to go bathe in Ganga. Lord Jagannath came to her personally and said, you should go to Sweta Ganga and you should bathe in Sweta Ganga. So in the middle of the night, she went bathed in Sweta Ganga. What happened? She was immediately transported into the actual Ganga River where she saw thousands of people taking bath. She was transported and could see the celebration at Ganga. But what happened that she actually couldn't perceive externally is that the Sweta Ganga had carried her into the Jagannath temple in the middle of the night. And there she was in Jagannath's temple. Nobody else was in there. Everything was closed down. Jagannath Baladev Subhadra are supposed to be sleeping. And she's experiencing being in the waters of Ganga Devi. And they hear uh, these, the guards that are outside of the temple of Jagannath, they start hearing all this commotion inside. And so they call the pujaris, they open the doors, and there's Sachi Devi just standing in front of Jagannath Baladev Subhadra, completely immersed in ecstasy of bathing in the Ganga waters, Ganga Jal. And so they arrest her. Why? Because the Pujaris say, oh, she was trying to steal the clothes and the paraphernalia of Jagannath Baladev Subhadra. She's already living in such poverty. She snuck in and she's going to steal the ornaments and clothes. So they place her in jail. What happens? Mukundadev, the king, and the Pujaris all have the same dream. You have offended me. Jagannath comes to, the, comes to the dream and says, You have offended me by arresting Sachi Devi. All of you should immediately take shelter of her. And Mukundadev, you should actually take diksha from her. You should actually take initiation. Lord Jagannath didn't have to wait the approval of the GBC to get Ganga Mata Goswamini to initiate people. So... The next day they went, they paid their obeisances to Sachi Devi, and the king took Diksha from Sachi Devi, who then became known as Ganga Mata Goswamini. And actually, all the other people there also wanted to take Diksha from her, but she refused, saying, No, Lord Jagannath only instructed me to give Diksha to Mukundadev. But the others, they would come daily and listen to her Bhagavatam class still and Chaitanya Bhagavat recitations. And the king, Mukundadev, he said, I'm going to give you so much land, I'm going to give you so much opulence. She said, no, I don't want anything. All I want is you can arrange prasadam for all the Vaishnavas every day. And so I think to this day, 
there's still prasadam that comes from Lord Jagannath to Ganga Mata Goswami's kutir, isn't it? They send to Sarvabhama Bhattacharya's house. The Ganga Mata Goswami Ghat still receives prasadam daily from Lord Jagannath's temple. And there's a later pastime where there's a deity named Rasika Roy who was living in Jaipur. And he was, instru- uh, he was a, a Brahmin who was worshipping Rasika Roy, was instructed by the deity to be brought to Ganga Mata Goswamini. And Ganga Mata Goswamini worshipped this deity very intensely. So we can see how there's so many different great personality daughters in our Gaudiya Vaishnava history that become great personalities. They become acharyas. And they give the world Krishna consciousness. There's Himalata Takarani. How many have heard of Himalata Takarani? Himalata Takarani is the daughter of Srinivas Acharya. And she became another Acharya. She was initiating many different personalities. One such person was Rupa, Kavi, uh, Rupa Kaviraj. Rupa Kaviraj was a great Brahmin reciter of Srimad Bhagavatam. And she initiated so many different personalities. But Rupa Kaviraj, he became a little offensive. So there are two daughters named Krishnapriya and Vishnupriya, and they were the daughters of Ganga Narayan Chakravarti, who was a dear disciple of Narutam Das Thakur. Krishnapriya and Vishnupriya, they also became such illustrious personalities in our Gaudiya Vaishnava history. Krishnapriya would constantly chant the holy names, constantly, constantly. So one day, Rupa Kaviraj was giving Bhagavat Kata, Krishnapriya, came to where everybody was sitting. And everybody in the assembly, they actually paid obeisances to Krishna Priya. They knew that she was such a great personality. So she sat down, she was softly chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And Rupa Kaviraj, he didn't pay obeisances. Krishnapriya. He was like Ramaharshana Sutta, not, obeying, not paying obeisances to Lord Baladev. Rupa Kaviraj thought, oh, she's just a woman. <laughs> and she was chanting softly. He became so angry, he said, how can you do two things at once? How can you hear Bhagavatam and chant the holy name at the same time? And Krishnapriya, she stated, Actually, the only thing that's getting in the way of my hearing Bhagavad Gita is the wagging of your tongue. <laughs> she immediately put him in his place. Rupa Kaviraj was so angry, he left. Now, what happened with Rupa Kaviraj? He started his own sampradaya. He was so offensive to Krishna Priya that he said, okay, from now on, only sannyasis, they can only be gurus. No grihastas can be gurus. No women can be gurus. What did he also say? Oh, no chanting of the holy name. Just see, he was so offensive against Krishna Priya that she was chanting the holy name constantly. He said, you don't have to chant the holy names constantly like that. You should just immediately absorb yourself in Raganuga Sadhana Bhakti. All mental, all, all mental seva. You don't have to do anything external. So in this way, he degraded himself in such a way that he started going against the sampradaya of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the teachings of our acharyas. And this is what happens. This is how upa sampradayas are actually generated. It's by nam aparan, seva aparan, and vaishnav aparan. It's not that people are like, oh, I'm going to be a sahajya. I'm going to be an you know, upa sampradaya person. No, it all starts with offenses by so many nam aparads and Vaishnava aparads, then our hearts turn and we start getting into apa philosophy. And 
Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, actually in fourth canto, will, in his purports, defeat the philosophy of Rupa Kaviraj, which is interesting. He uses his commentary in Bhagavatam to defeat Rupa Kaviraj's philosophy that was still prominent at the time of Shri Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur. So, great personalities, great daughters, being born by Krishna conscious personalities, spreading so much bhakti throughout the world, inspiring so many persons to take up Krishna consciousness. And yesterday was Ganga Puja, and in today's verse, by the grace of Shishirada Govinda, we're hearing about Ganga. So Ganga Puja, Devakulya is the presiding deity of the river Ganges. And Lord Nityananda's daughter is named Ganga Devi. Ganga Devi comes as the daughter of our Lord Nityananda. Lord Nityananda has two children by Basuda, uh, Virachandra or Virabhadra Goswami, and Ganga Devi. And Abhiram Thakur, who paid his obeisances <laughs> to Virachandra Goswami to make sure that he was the proper son of Lord Nityananda, wrote a beautiful stava about Ganga Devi, the daughter of Lord Nityananda. And Abhiram Thakur points out that when Ganga Devi was just a little girl, she didn't she's, she stopped taking the breast milk of Vasudha. Why? It was later pointed out by person uh, Vaishnavacharya or in the stava that she refused the breast milk of Vasudha and wanted to take initiation from uh, Ananga Mandri, Janava Mata Takurani. So Ganga Devi becomes disciple of Janava Takurani, and she herself becomes such a great personality in the line of Lord Nityananda in our Gaudiya Vaishnava history. Again, making disciples, spreading Krishna consciousness. And we all know the pastime of Ganga Devi, Vamandev kicking or pushing his toe through the universe. Ganga Devi comes down and is in the heavenly planets. Later on in Srimad Bhagavatam, we learn about the King Sagra's sons who they mistakenly think that uh, Kapila Muni has stolen a horse that's meant for an Ashvamedha Yagya. And they approach and attack Kapila Muni thinking that he stole a horse meant for sacrifice. And what happens because of their offensive nature, they immediately burn up and turn into ashes. And uh, Angsuman, he's thinking, how can I free my uh, family from this offense to Kapila Muni? And so it's revealed to him that he has to bring down Ganga Devi from the heavenly planets. And finally, it's Bhagirat, who he does a penances and austerities to Ganga. Ganga's pleased with him. But she says, I don't know if I want to come to earth right away because if I just fall on the earth, what's going to happen? My waters are so intense, they're just going to make a hole in the earth. So you have to find, go and perform austerities to Lord Shiva, and I will first fall on his locks, and then gently come down to earth. And then she also said, but also so many people, impious people, are going to take bath in my waters, and what's going to happen? My waters are going to become polluted. So, how are you going to keep me from becoming polluted? And Bhagirat, King Bhagirat says, so many pure devotees and great personalities are going to bathe in your waters that they'll immediately free you from any impurity. They'll keep you pure. And so he does austerities and penances to Lord Shiva. Ganga says, I'll descend on your locks. And Bhagirat, with a chariot, he rides... Uh, through the earth, creating the pathway for Ganga to come. And later on, Ganga Devi herself becomes the <laughs> pastime 
area for Lord Chaitanya and so many pastimes to take place. And uh, Tushta Krishna Prabhu, last week, he brought out a verse, Aradhana Nam Sarvesham, Vishnu Aradhanam Param Tasmat Parataram Devi, Tadiyanam Samarchanam. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Acharyas, they point out that there's four Tadiya. We have one Tadiya here, but there's four more Tadiyas. Four Tadiyas that, what is Tadiya? That which is associated with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So in this world, there's four Tadiyas that don't need any purification. They're already there as manifestations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We have Srimad Bhagavatam, which is one Tadiya, Tulsi Maharani, which is one Tadiya, the Vaishnavas, that are one Tadiya, and finally Ganga. These are the Tadiya of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And by taking shelter of them, then we purify ourselves. So in these times of civil unrest, pandemics, so many temporary material things that are going on in this world that seem like a really big deal now. I was talking with one younger devotee last week and how the protesters, I was like, oh yeah, it's like Ohio Kent State. And he was like, what? I never heard of that. You've heard of Ohio Kent State. How many in this room have heard of Ohio Kent State? Many. But there's some that don't know about Ohio Kent State. And I was thinking, oh, it was such a big deal back then. Protests, Vietnam, so many material things that are happening that are such a big deal right now. In 20 years, people would be like, oh, that happened, that pandemic? And then there was protests and everybody forgot about the pandemic. So there's all these big things happening in the temporary material world. And I was meditating on how Mother Nidra was speaking yesterday at the end of class on how it is, how we can help and not be affected because it's easy for the mind, my mind at least, to immediately try to get into, oh, what's going on in the project? What's going on here? What's going on? And it's agitating to the mind and you start getting excited. There's things happening. But then we start getting polluted by that, right? We can take sides, right? get into politics, friends and enemies. We can drag ourselves down, get into the muck of things. And then it's so liberating to like really dive into our Gaudiya Vaishnava history, especially during the appearance days, and then hear about their glories and they take us up so we can be like the lotus flower. Right? The lotus flower is born from the mud, but it's above it. And we're able to see what's happening in a clear way. right? Because when we're in the muck of things, then it's kind of hard to see. Like when you're in a battle and there's arrows and so many things coming at you in your mind, you're trying to dodge this and dodge that, and there's so many things coming at you. But then when you're in a helicopter over and you just see everything clear on what's happening, then you can have proper perspective. So by connecting to that which is eternal, the pastimes of the Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis, the pastimes that are eternal, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, pastimes in Srimad Bhagavatam, then we can keep our purity, keep going and dive deeper into the eternal reality while all this temporal reality stuff happens and then we'll be able to help others in the, in the muck. So it's 8.47, I'll stop here if there's any questions, comments or corrections. Okay. Since we need Keep both it. anyway. Do we need this mic though? <laughs> Just um interesting pastime about Shimati Ganga Devi. Um it's in uh Elena Identities, you know, by Sadaputa. It's in the epilogue. I think that's what they call it. Yeah, epilogue. <laughs> you know, he said it was told to him by the Gokul boys you know, in Mahapur. Um, one time they were bathing in the Ganga, and one boy 
kind of got dragged away by the current and they thought he was finished. You know, he went under the water and they thought he was finished. Then, then a, a short while afterwards, he appeared like he was standing waist deep in the, gang, in the middle of the ganga. And then he started to kind of, you know, like, you know, like somebody is walking towards you, <laughs> waist deep in the middle of the ganga. You know? And they were, you know, they were surprised. You know? So finally, he came, he came to shore, and they asked him, well, what happened? Because <laughs> everyone was, could, couldn't understand what was going on, you know? <laughs> because he wasn't swimming. You know? <laughs> and he said, this beautiful, goddess-like person held him up and brought him to shore. So he, he thought, as far as they could understand it, that, that has to be Mother Ganga, you know? that, that is what they thought. <laughs> um, <clears throat> to the one, one reflection, or two reflections, I guess, one reflection was, just this, uh, the warning that we hear over and over again throughout the Shastra about uh, guarding our mind against becoming offensive and the way in which that when this Rupa, what was his name? Rupa Kaviraj, when he became offensive, actually the holy name left his heart. And, and, and so much association of Vaishnavas left his heart too. Right? Because he said, no grihasas, no women, only sannyasis, and no chain the holy name. And so that's what happens when if my mind becomes offensive, then I'm, I'm, I'm withdrawn from the association, and the association and the mercy of the Holy Name is withdrawn from me as well. So just, it was a nice reminder. And then uh, the other day I was thinking about, or I was listening to a class by Madhavananda Prabhu, and he quoted, he was speaking about how the world burning in this, did you see that? Yeah, he spoke for Ypsilanti. And uh, he quoted this verse from Bhagavad Gita, chapter twelve, sixteen. He said, my devotee who is not dependent on the ordinary course of activities, who is pure, expert, without cares, free from all pains, and not striving for some result is very dear to me. And so just, yeah, thinking in, um, in line with what you were dis- discussing about, you know, there's so much agitation going on right now. And, and I'm just noticing if I allow my mind to focus too much on it, like my mind's like eager for that type of agitation, but then I feel horrible, you know. And um, so then I was thinking about, then in the purport, Prabhupada says, um, a devotee is always expert because he fully knows the essence of all activities of life and he's convinced of the authoritative scriptures. A devotee never takes the part of a particular party. Therefore, he is carefree. He is never pained because he is free from all designations. He knows that his body is a designation. So if there are some bodily pains, he is free. The pure devotee does not endeavor for anything which is against the principles of devotional service. So he was just bringing up this point that devotees are simple. And I, and I was liking the perspective that you gave. It's like, yeah, so many, atro- you know, so many human atrocities have been done in, in human history. And, and at that time, like, I remember studying about world war, the world wars. And I remember thinking, like, wow, that, like, your entire world is just coming down, coming crashing to an end, pretty much. It's just like, that's all you can, you're consumed with it. And at the same time, now none of us are affected by that directly, you know. So um, just the, the, the facility to be simple as a devotee and the facility to be able to just absorb ourselves in the holy name and Vaishnava Association. And astrologically, it's not going to get better for a whole nother year anyway. So might as well just stay simple and uh, dive deep. Thanks, Prabhu. So uh, you're telling us how Gangamata Goswamini, or Sachi uh, Devi, she was told by her guru to go to Puri. So can you say something about that, uh, this uh, special nature of uh, Puri Dom? 
I'm sure you can speak much more deep and uh, have much more realizations about Puri Dham than I can, but um, to purify my existence, to glorify Jagannath Puri, it stated that uh, Vrindavan is Madhurya Dham, the abode of sweetness. Navajweep is Adarya Dham, the abode of mercy, of giving Krishna consciousness. And uh, Jagannath Puri is known as Vipralamba Dham, that abode of intense separation. Jagannath Puri being that place where Lord Jagannath is directly experiencing separation of Srimati Radhika. That's why his beautiful form, Jagannath, Baladev, Subhadra, they're, they're, they're in their ecstatic forms, is because of deep separation. Something I, I read interesting in Jadarani's book, uh, Shamasundar Prabhu had some Jagannath, Baladev, Subhadra deities, and in the restaurant, we have Jagannath, Baladev, Subhadra, um, paper mache from Puri that was given to us in the restaurant. And Lalita, she brought them home because she was like, I'm, I want to repaint them. I want to kind of make them more clear. And that morning, I read this pastime in Jadarani's book that she uh, approached Prabhupada saying, oh, Shamasundra Prabhu, he has these deities of Jagannath, Baladev, Subhadra. I want to repaint them and make them look nicer. Prabhupada said, his beauty is in his crudeness. Don't repaint them. So Lolita was like, oh, I can't repaint them. <laughs> so Lord Jagannath Baladev Subhadra, they're in their ecstatic manifestations of separation. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is experiencing the deep separation of Radharani from Krishna. And then we have Rathiyatra, which is the Amazing pastime where Jagannath, Lord Chaitanya, Krishna, Srimati Radhika are coming back after so long of separation. And Jagannath Puri, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur revealed so many places that are replicas of Vrindavan. The Chatak Parvat, Govardhan Hill, Radha Kund is there, Shamakund, so many different amazing places are revealed by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur as being replicas of Vrindavan. And Jagannath Puri stated, anybody who lives there, they automatically have forearm forms. And it's such a deep, amazing place. So for Ganga Mata Goswamini to stay in Radhakund, such a high, amazing place, that even Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he revealed that those persons who are not actually eligible to bathe in her waters, they're actually bathing in Narakakun. They actually, physically, we could see them bathing, but if they have any type of offensive mentality or any type of, you could say, upper sampradayak leaning, they're actually not even touching the waters of Radhakund. So, her intensing her bhajan there, and then her guru saying, oh, now you're advanced? Now go to Jagannath Puri, which Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed so many amazing tattvas and rasas there in Jagannath Puri. Amazing place. Would you like to say anything? Yeah, I'm um, just remembering and something that always uh, inspires me when I go there is that the um, it's Gupta Vrindavan also. It's not different from Vrindavan in so many ways. There's Govardhan Hill, there's Chotek Parvak, and there's um, the Yamuna, which is the Nanda uh, Danda Banda. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and just the, uh, 
even the even on an external level, just what a very wonderful place. But what to speak of the the uh, yeah, Mahaprabhu chose to spend 24 years of half half of his pastimes there. I mean, it's a very special place, and uh, I thought. Six traveling, okay, true, true. Still eighteen, that's a good that's a good amount. And uh the the just the fact that Jagannath himself is the first Iskandidi and uh and just that special relationship that Jagannath that, that we as devotees following Sri Prabhupada in, in Iskan have with Jagannath, Baladev and Subhadra. And uh, and the way that Jagannath just embodies this mood, and Puri embodies this mood too of of giving everyone the opportunity for mercy, even if ostensibly there are limitations, even if ostensibly certain people can't go into the temple. Everyone gets Jagannath Mahaprasad, and Jagannath comes and sees every comes out of the temple and sees everybody. So this is, this is my experience, at least in Jagannath Puri. It's that. Uh, it's 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 kind of that combination of Mayapur Odarya and like that overflowing of mercy and that Vrindavan sweetness and like the yeah it's a very special place. We got to I was able to go to Jagannath Puri um, years and years ago. Jagaranga Prabhu and some of our other god brothers. And we stayed at the birthplace of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. We stayed at the Gaudi Amat there. And the first day that we arrived there, uh, I forget the sannyasi's name that was there, but he arranged for Jagannath Mahaprasadam for us, and we were having this huge feast. And uh, a cow just walked into the temple and started eating the Mahaprasadam. And, uh, you know, we were feeding the cow, and... There was one, yesterday, is, yesterday was a codice, and every codice, I think about this, uh, Jai Garanga and I, we both went to Siddha Bakul and, uh, for one codice, and there was all these babas there, Gaudiya Vaishnav, like older gentlemen. I mean, there must have been like maybe 20 of them, and they were all elderly, maybe like 60s to 80s, and... They didn't, none of them spoke English, and Jai Garanga and I we were just there, kind of like taking it all in. Just, and they were chanting, they were doing Tulsi Arati. And then they all sat down, and this one, he must have been 85, almost 90, he just started this bhajan, and he was just crying. Just like everybody was just intensely listening, and he was just crying. No murdanga, no kartals. No harmonium is just this old Baba singing, and Jai Gurung and I were just like, "Wow, what are we experiencing here? This is amazing!" And uh, yeah, really nice experiences in Jagannath Puri. It's really, really amazing place, Jagannath Puri. So it is 9:02, so we'll stop here. Grantaraj Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Shrimati Ganga Mata Goswamini ki jai. Anantakoti Vaishnava Vrinda Ki Jai, Ganga Puja Ki Jai.